1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
0: Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Week five of the NFL season is here. Postseason baseball is here as well. And if you want to place a bet on the action, Ike, BetOnline <laughs> is the place to do it.
1: Yeah, I placed a bet last night on Online with Justin Tucker. He came through for me.
0: Mr. <laughs> Clutch. Can head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code believe that's B L E A V to receive your bonus. They've got football, basketball, boxing, a lot of casino games as well. Don't wait to take advantage of all the great offers through the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. And welcome to another edition of the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen. Joined, as always, by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ike Taylor and IT, just in time for the weekend. I see you got your fancy hat. How are you doing this morning, my man?
1: You know, it's the uh, flamingo hat I got going on. He's just in a great state of Florida, Sunshine State, man. It's nice outside there, 24-7, 365, so... You know, we do got this pop the weather, man. It'll be sunny, then it'll rain for like 15 minutes. Then the degrees are like amp up or like another five, but you got to love it
0: don't work. So, yeah, I'm doing good, bro. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing great as well, like. And game recognizes game. I see you got the color coordination going on this morning. So I had to say something right off the top. We are recording this on Thursday. This episode will be out Friday morning ahead of Steelers. Uh, against their week five matchup against the Denver Broncos. And Ike, I got to congratulate you as well. You called it on Monday before we got the injury report on Tuesday. Big Ben already dealing with the shoulder injury, now has a hip injury. Psychic Ike is out on the Believe It's Dealers podcast yet again. I just want to say you nailed it on this one, Ike.
1: Man, it's just, <laughs> it's crazy, but I'm just looking at a, a struggling quarterback right now who will be in the Hall of Fame in seven. Um, they're a one and three in their division. They still got time to, to bounce back out of their division, but it's not going to be easy at all. You're going against another AFC opponent in the Denver Broncos. Um, I think if Teddy Bridge want to play, Pittsburgh has trouble. Um, if, if if Drew play, I think Pittsburgh would take that W. But um, seven's just struggling right now, and we want to blame everybody else and, it's the offensive line. which the offensive line, the last couple of games they've been playing really good. Uh, you got some receivers who are pretty dominant. Um, Chase Claypool didn't play last year, but James Washington—he always come up clutch. You got a stud and a rookie running back in Najee. Um, you got a few tight ends. So uh, right now, seven and minutes, too. Like you know, he got to get back to playing his style of ball. But you know, his style of ball is uh, it's it's, it's catching up with him. So, so seven has to get under center, <laughs> like we've been talking about the whole time since the summertime, Mark. But it's 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 just will seven want to get under center consistent, consistently, and uh just just look how he won Super Bowls. You know, he won Super Bowls of scrambling or making huge plays, big clutch when you need to. And as you get older, you just got to readjust your game. And I don't know if seven right now wants to readjust his game. But if you look at the Aaron Rodgers, if you look at the the the, the Justin Herberts, if you look at the Russell Wilsons, if you look at the Patty Mahomes, if you look at a lot of these to Trevor Lawrence, either young guys, like you have to be able to get under center to hand the ball off, but also it comes with the play action pass, you know? So that's just what it is. But yeah, I called it a long time ago as far as like seven, um, or the Pittsburgh Steelers. Try to save face, and not say they're gonna bench seven. So we'll we'll see um, if some more injuries come up, and they're gonna say seven needs a break because um, his body is taking a toll. But I just thought they was gonna do that. Um, just looking at it, it's just to save face. You know, you're not saying you're benching a Hall of Fame quarterback. What you're saying is his body is banged up, and his body is banged up. But you are gonna say his body is banged up for the year, and let the young guys start. Uh, just to make it look good, put a little cherry on top of it, but you ain't
0: fooling all Ike Taylor. Ike, <laughs> it begs the question whether he's comfortable doing that at this point in his career at age 39 in year 18 or whether it's Matt Canada, the new offensive coordinator as of this season, is willing to do that and if he just wants to put Big Ben in shotgun. And we have asked that question before. Still don't have a great answer for that A few stats. I want to run you through. Ike. you're talking last week where if you look against the Green Bay Packers, Big Ben goes 26 of 40. Just looking at the box score, uh, you know, 200 and some change, a touchdown and an interception. You just look at the box score and say, well, is it that bad? But he's checking down. He's throwing underneath. And when the Packers were multiple scores, they're keeping everything in front of them and he's taking what's underneath. So here's what I mean by this. Shout out to the Believe in Steelers podcast research staff finding this. Big Ben's thrown 52 passes on third and fourth down this season. 24 of them have been short of the sticks. And that was really Really my big issue coming out of that week four loss to Green Bay. Ike was on two fourth down conversions where you got to have a conversion. The Steelers throw short of the sticks and fail to convert the first down. We also saw that in week three against Cincinnati, which was a beautifully disguised, what appeared like they're bringing the house was zone coverage and they eat up Najee Harris in the flat. That happened a similar situation, trying to go to Najee in the flat on a fourth down, throwing short to Juju Smith-Schuster on a fourth down conversion against the Packers. That's been my frustration. And it's not just what my eyes are telling me, Ike. It's also what the stats are telling us with Big Ben in this offense as well.
1: Yeah, they just haven't gotten the rhythm, just period. And we we keep saying, what is the Pittsburgh still offense identity? And right now they they, they have none. You know, usually um, you can game plan like we're going to run the ball because we feel like we can run the ball on this team. They can't do it. We're going to pass the ball because we feel like we can pass the ball in the secondary. They can't do it. So when you have no identity, man, it's just hard to win games in the NFL, plus your quarterback got to be playing well. So um, I just don't like the fact, man, they blame everybody else. Seven. You know, if you just listen I'm to me.
0: I'm with you, Ike. Yeah, it's
1: it's, it's everybody else. It's the offensive coordinator the fault. It's the O-line fault. Um, we can't talk about the receivers because since I've known Pittsburgh Steelers, all, all they have been doing is drafting top-notch receivers since I've been there. Um, then you look at the running back situation. You always had a solid running back situation. Give and take about two or three years out of out of seven's career where the O-line was wasn't okay. But other than that, he always had a nice O line. You know what I'm saying? But and that's and that's the whole problem. So Pittsburgh just need to uh suck it up and move on from Seventh side and the organizational side. They need to suck it up. Um thanks for everything you had you have done. Uh, we'll see you in the Hall of Fame and move on. Because I'm just looking at the AFC North. and We can even take it further than the AFC North. If you just look at the AFC per- period with these young quarterbacks, the Justin Herbert's looking good as hell. The Lamar Jackson looking good. Uh, we'll see what's up with Baker Mayfield, if if he can win some games on his own without the running game. Uh, Joe Burrow and company, you can see he's up for, up for something. Patrick Mahomes. So you got Patrick Mahomes, you got Justin Herbert, you got uh, Josh Allen, you got Lamar Jackson, you got Joe Burrow, you got Baker Mayfield. You got six studs right now. Honestly, you got you got six studs. That's just what it is. So if you can't beat out the six and seven is number seven in that ranking, something is wrong. You got to move on because these guys ain't doing nothing but getting better. They're emerging. They're becoming real-life superstars. So now you just got to wait. Pittsburgh got to wait a couple more years. And we'll see if the defense still attacking a couple more years. Get you a new quarterback. See what a quarterback had, if he has potential. And you don't even know if you can keep up. Just period in the AFC. In the AFC period. So that's all I've been saying about Pittsburgh, man. Like you're holding on for too long. You're holding on for too long, man. That's that's just that is just what it is, you know. What I'm saying so, I'm just looking at it from a relational standpoint uh, hopefully Pittsburgh as well can look at it from that standpoint too
0: the forest between the trees Ike yeah the 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 big the big picture though um you you mentioned the other AFC quarterbacks and I, I look at just the Steelers offense again year 18 age 39 the highest percentage of pass plays through four weeks, the Steelers have that at 73% of their offensive plays are pass plays. And through four weeks, yet again, the Steelers sit dead last in the league and rushing 221 yards. So Ike, we've talked about this before and we'll keep banging this drum. If like even if you have elite quarterback talent, it's not a recipe for success. And I go back to what you say about the identity of the Steelers' offense and the struggles. Um if we're not there ready to see Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins, I think we're awfully close and I'd be a proponent to see what those guys could do. And especially Haskins because he's only under contract right now through this season, Rudolph you've got through the 2021 season and the 2022 season. So like if, unless we see drastic improvement from big Ben almost immediately, I I don't see that happening. Like I am ready to give these young guys a chance just to see what they can do because and like you said, it's no knock on what Big Ben's accomplished. Right. It's not. Yeah. But it's just what have you done for me lately this right. season and then dating back to last season when you lost five right. of your last six and you've lost right. three of your first four through 2021. Uh, I I want to move to this trade. The Patriots sending Stephon Gilmore to the Carolina Panthers. And I just want to state this. Only trading a sixth-round draft pick I want the call logs of every NFL GM. If that's all that it took to get an all-pro player, a player who's won NFL Defensive Player of the Year, how is every team in the league not trying to poach Gilmore from New England? Send me the call logs, Ike. This was unbelievable to me. The Panthers getting a tremendous player for a six-round pick. I was blown away by this trade. Yeah, Patriots
1: really wanted to get rid of it.
0: <laughs> for whatever reason
1: that's how for whatever reason mark the Patriots really wanted to get rid of for the six round draft pick but if you just go every every everybody you everybody you thinking ain't gonna be a high round straight draft pick usually usually people get the everybody else is third four fifth six rounds and, and that's what people gotta understand so you got to look at what round is stuff on going go in you gotta look at don't look at his value now. You gotta look at what round he went. Okay, now he's coming off of injury. So he's coming off of injury. Then we have to pay him. So for me for a six-round draft pick, I just look at it, man, like the Patriots, <laughs> the Patriots and that coaching staff, They just want to get they just want to get rid of him. They just want to get rid of him. Or who knows? Maybe other teams just wanted the Patriots to release him and was gonna pick him up off of waivers pick him up off of waivers, and see what up. So I guess the Patriots wanted to get something for him because I guarantee you everybody was waiting on that release because that release was already out before the trade happened. So it was it was already an anticipation on, you know, Stephon Gilmore will be released because of. And it was like, nah, so, you know, why, why not give up a six? If I'm the Carolina Panthers, then that's a win-win situation for me. If I'm the New England Patriots, we just don't know on the other side if teams want to trade or give up a pick for him. So that's what happened.
0: Yeah. He's on what's called the pup list. Like physically unable to perform the pup list, not eligible to play until week seven. He's coming back from a torn quad injury from week 15. He had surgery from a year ago. So still kind of working his way back there, but just like I, I'm looking at his accolades and I see, super bowl champion defensive player of the year in 2019 two-time first team all pro four-time pro bowler led the league in interceptions in 2019 i know he's 31 but i still think there's some gas left in the tank and again for a six-round pick like send me the other call logs of the other 31 nfl gms because like if they weren't on the phone trying to answer something a little bit more lucrative than a six-round pick like this this was just like Maybe someone made a better offer, but New England wanted to send him to the other conference. But I see a 6 round pick just given his resume, Ike. And I was, again, I just couldn't believe it. So,
1: Mark, you got to put your GM hat on. Take the resume off. Okay. Uh, How can he help me coming off a PUP that I won't see him till week seven? At at the earliest.
0: At the earliest.
1: At the earliest. Then he has to get in game shape. So, hopefully, that'll be three, four more games. And he's 31 years old. So, obviously, you got to take a a cylinder out that engine. So, it goes from a a V7 to a V6 because you father time always wins. So, then you got to look at how does he fit in our defense and will he be able to stay healthy. So, as a GM, them all the questions you got to ask yourself. Now, once you give them to the coach – it's coach, here you go. Let's make let's let's get this guy in a situation to where he makes plays cause that's what he always do. But as a GM Mark, you gotta you gotta check off all the boxes you just ask yourself, can I get a younger guy for cheaper who doesn't have a quiet injury, who's dealing with a, a V twelve engine and I can kind of mold him, or do I have to overspend for a veteran guy because I'm looking at his accolades? Cause we can go back to what you just said with Big Ben. What have you done for me lately? Well, of late, I've been hurt for the past year and a half. So that can't help an older guy. Maybe if he was 22, 23 years old and he had a choir injury, we would be saying something totally different. His bounce back would be different coming off of injury. But you and I both know the older you get, the harder it is getting up out of that bed. And add along being a professional football player. So that's some questions you have to ask, Mark, when you put your GM hat on. I, I get what you're saying with the accolades. I want you to put your GM hat
0: on. I need a hat that has like a third of the swag is the one that you're wearing right now. Ike, I, I don't have anything <laughs> nearly as cool. Hey,
1: Amazon Prime,
0: baby! I get all my stuff. to <laughs> de- deliver Mark Berg in a hat mid episode, mid podcast to the Believe It Steelers podcast. All right, Ike, we'll put. A, I'll put my GM hat on hypothetically, if you will. Uh, I wanted to play a little bit of a role-playing situation here. New segment here on the Believe It Steelers podcast. Uh, I have a hypothetical trade. And uh do you wanna be Steelers General Manager, Kevin Colbert, or Bears General Manager, Ryan Pace, for for this exercise?
1: I'm gonna be I'm to be Steelers General Manager, Kevin.
0: Okay, okay. I'm gonna be Ryan Pace. Uh, I'm gonna give you a call. So hey Kevin, it's uh Bears GM Ryan Pace. How are you? How are you doing this morning?
1: What's up? What's up, Ryan? How you doing? I'm doing good. Just trying to win some damn ball games.
0: Yeah, yeah. It looks like Big Ben, you're 18, age 39. You need some quarterback help. I have too many on my my roster. Uh, Looks like Justin Fields is going to be the guy for us moving forward. Uh, What could I get back for for Andy Dalton? Uh,
1: Nothing at all, because we definitely don't want him.
0: Um, okay, man, so you didn't want to send us like you could send us head coach Mike Tomlin, we'll send over Andy Dalton, we'll call the wash. How's that sound? That don't sound good at all.
1: That don't sound good at all. I guess I just uh
0: <laughs>
1: really, really this must be a prank call, so I'm just gonna go ahead and hang up on this one.
0: All right, all right. Before before you do, uh you, you sound like you're out on Andy Dalton. I understand he played for your division rival in the Bengals. Uh, any interest in Nick Foles? We've got a quarterback. We have too many QBs on the roster. We're looking to unload one, and clearly you need one over in Pittsburgh.
1: No, I like Mason Rudolph and and Dwayne Haskins, so I'm going to keep what we have right now. Andy Dalton and Nick Foles are damn near the same people.
0: Okay, okay. So, we'd like, a, a fifth-round pick, a sixth-round pick wouldn't be enticing. A fourth-round pick, maybe. Any draft picks that's not enticing at all to you? No
1: nah, hell, you could have gave me a zero round pick. That means oh. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, uh, we'll see you later this year. I know our two teams play. I, I I bet it's just like you know why would I help a team we're gonna play later in this season? But I figured it was worth the call. Hey, good try. All right, all right, take care, now. All right, you too. What do you, you think my you think my trade proposal is crazy? Andy Dalton to the Steelers? I think it could help both teams, like.
1: Not at all. Andy Dalton is Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. That's just what he's been over his career, you know. So that's 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 just what it is. He he, he had a plethora of good talent when he was starting with the Cincinnati Bengals. A, a lot of good talent at the wide receiver position, at the tight end position, and at the running back position. So his ceiling was was only so high when it came down to being that yeah. kind of quarterback the Cincinnati Bengals was looking for
0: it seemed like they were in the playoffs if not every year, every other year. And then it was just like, you can't get by, you know, that first round to get a playoff victory. So I'm with you. Like I I've seen some rumors out there. And again, it's like, uh, you know, I, I, again, you also have the sentiment of, you know, we don't want to sign a player that played in our division and everything too. But if the viewers and listeners like that segment, let us know. I figured we'd try it out. I've seen it on other shows. Like I had fun with that. But uh, if you ever want to, Roll reverse that scenario, Ike, where you want to do that with me. Feel free. I had fun with that though. Gotcha, yeah, bro. All right. Uh other week five matchups before we get to our Broncos and Steelers prediction. Ike, Packers and Bengals, two three and one teams, just like we thought before the start of the season. I tell you what, Bengals are pretty frisky this season. And Joe Burrow looks like he's coming back from that knee injury strong. They've got a lot of good young receivers to help him out as well. But Three and one, like I said, just like we thought between both Green Bay and Cincinnati.
1: His name is Joe Mixon and that offensive line for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Joe Mixon has been saying this during uh, the preseason that that offensive line is real nasty. And they like to get down dirty and they like to run the ball. And that's exactly what they're doing. They're having a good balance between passing and running the ball, but they can run the ball when it's time to run the ball when they want to close games out. And the offensive line is asking to run the ball when they're up by a lead so they can close the game out and put their body weight on a defensive player. And that's exactly what they're doing, man. The Cincinnati Bengals, that offense, man, that offensive line, they're playing with attitude. They're playing real nasty. they play playing low, down, and dirty. And they're playing old school football. That's all they want to do is smash faces. So the Packers on the defensive side, they have to be ready for that because Cincinnati, not only does they have the confidence in Joe Burrow, but, man, you got – Jamar Chase, you got T. Higgins, um, and you got Tyler Moore. So you got three guys who can all ball out on the outside, and you give them a, a bar-fighting offensive line with Joe Mixon sitting in the back staying healthy and Joe Cool sitting back there passing that ball looking all cool, smoking a cigar. or one of a kind, that is. Man, they're going to have hell. The Packers are going to have hell this week, even though I like the, the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to go for the Cincinnati Bengals over the Green Bay Packers this
0: week. I could go back to what Solomon Wilcox told us a few weeks back when we did the cross show with the Believe in Bengals podcast. That offensive line is part of the identity of their offensive line coach, Frank Pollack, as well. So, yes, that's I go back to what he told us with that. This is one of the premier matchups I have. Bengals at home as well against Green Bay and especially considering the Steelers lost to Green Bay last week. I want to see what the Bengals do against the Packers in week five. Another AFC North matchup, the Browns going out to L.A. to take on the Chargers as well. The Browns just got by the Minnesota Vikings in week four. Chargers have been hot with Justin Herbert atop the AFC West. I know that going into the season, they were the sexy team. But I tell you what, too especially coming off with the Chargers win on Monday night football against the Raiders. Derwin James, he's been healthy again. He had an interception in that one, too. He's been a playmaker for the Chargers. But this Chargers team looks damn good this season, and I think that this is the premier matchup in Week 5, Browns at Chargers. Well, so does the Browns.
1: So the Browns have that playoff recipe. And this I got King Kong and King Kong Jr. in the backfield. So, that's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to hand the ball off to Nick Chubbs and Kareem Hunt, which they've been doing. Now, last week, Baker Mayfield didn't have a good week at all. He probably played one of the worst games. I don't expect Baker Mayfield Mm -hmm. to have another worst game like this. I expect him to get in the rhythm, hand the ball off, flex your pass, make some plays with his feet, throw some big, deep, throw some splash plays when it's time to, when he's scrambling. That's what I expect of Baker Mayfield. Now, on the – Cleveland Browns defensive side, I expected him to do the same. I saw Greedy got one of his first picks mm. uh so far coming off. So now you're starting to see an injured uh Cleveland Brown team. Now they're coming healthy Now they're getting in a groove And the Miles, Garrett, man. You might as well put him up for defensive league MVP just as well as is mm. Michael Parson, just as well as Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Donald. So that's a few guys that I'll put up. Miles Garrett, man, so far, man, he's just been balling out. He's been a personality since he have taken his sleeves off. He's been getting uh he's been getting tested of late, and I see and I wonder why, man. He's been manhandling men. That's exactly what Miles Garrett has been doing. So this defense now, I think, is getting in the groove. The Cleveland Browns defense, I'm talking talking about. I think they're getting in the groove. I think they finally getting healthy, and it's gonna be scary. It's gonna be real scary. Especially when you got to stop the run, not only OBJ is coming back. Uh, we'll see if Jarvis Landry is back from his injury. But hell, man, this offense is—it's a—it's a its a playoff contended offense. It's just going to be up to Baker Mayfield on the Chargers' side. There is nobody who made a, a, a more leaping of a jump than Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert from last this year—he looked like a, a eight-year veteran. An eight-year veteran. Um, by the way, he's using his eyes and manipulating whether it's a linebacker or whether it's a safety and throwing the ball to where he needs to. So it's just, it's just, and the team is feeding off that. So they have a quarterback now and I'm talking about the LA Chargers. They have a quarterback now who can win them ball games, who doesn't have to rely on the defense, who doesn't have to rely on, on, on the, on a the run game. And that's what the Cleveland Browns want Baker Mayfield to do. They want Baker Mayfield, at least if we got 17 games, at least five of those games, you win this on us because our running game isn't doing good and our defense isn't playing up the part bigger. Can you win us a few games? So, but that is what Justin Herbert is doing over there with the LA Chargers. So it's going to be fun, but I still got the Browns going into LA, having a good time, having lunch or dinner at Nobu, coming out with a W at SoFi <laughs> Stadium and getting back to Ohio.
0: I, I want to talk a little bit more about Herbert in just a second. I know I'm going to stay on with the bronze defense though, for just a second here. I know miles Garrett gets a lot of the headlines and a lot of the attention, understandably. So if not for a uh, contracting COVID last season, he was up for contention for defensive player of the year, but a player that you need to watch on this bronze defense is the rookie Jeremiah, Owusu-Koromoa, the bronze second round pick, linebacker out of notre dame the speed that he plays with is unbelievable and i'm telling you right now as as much as you like watching micah parsons of the dallas cowboys keep an eye out for jok or they also call nickname him woo for short jeremiah owusu koromoa for the bronze defense has been outstanding so far this season he would have probably been a first round pick if not for, I believe he had like a heart issue ahead of the draft. Right. And when right. he was still in the second round, Andrew Barry and company the Browns GM were just amazed that he had fallen that far in the draft. So they're getting a first round talent in the second round. And he's been everywhere on the field for this Browns defense. Um, you tweeted something Ike about Justin Herbert though, that I thought was really interesting. The dolphins might've are You can, I think you could already say they made a mistake. Drafting Tua over Justin Herbert, even though we're just a few years out from that in year two. We're we're seeing what each quarterback can do. And I don't think there's any question. You could see Justin Herbert's a special quarterback. And for whatever reason, Tua just hasn't been able to stay healthy. Something he also struggled with injuries when he was still quarterback at Alabama.
1: Yeah, Tua got that Jimmy Garoppolo in him. And I hate to say that. For 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 some reason. The injury bug always just seems to bite them, you know what I'm saying? And, and it's and it's not good for those two guys. But I look at these great, these great quarterbacks in the colleges they went to. We don't even really know their receivers. Like Justin Herbert, who was his two receivers? Who was his running back? And that's what you gotta look at when you look at Tua and when you look at a Mac Jones. And you was like, well, who was they? Who are their receivers? What shoot? All six of them went first round. Well, who was his offensive line? Well, shoot, all four of them went in the top 40. Well, who was his running backs? Well, at least six of them went in the first and second round. Well, goddamn, he we had an NFL team sitting in Alabama. Yes, and that's the only question I have about Alabama quarterbacks is they're not going to have the talent in the league that they had at Alabama, even though they're talent, they throwing the wide open guys because damn I mean, it, everybody, whether you're on offense or defense from Alabama, you're going to go in the first three rounds. When you look at the when you look at the Justin Herberts, when you look at the Aaron Rodgers, when you look at the Big Bids, when you look at the the Dan Marino's, when you look at the Jim Kellys, when you look at the uh um Brett Forbes, when you look at guys who just made it in the NFL, they had the talent, but now they get to the NFL like, oh, I finally got a receiver, oh, I finally got me offensive line, oh, I finally got me a running back, oh, I finally got me a defense. Those guys, those guys carried their teams to wins in college. They they didn't have to rely on the offensive defense. And that's how I look at it. When I look at Justin Herbert, he had the size, he had the speed, he had the throwing mobility, he had accuracy. It was just, he was carrying Oregon. When I was looking at Oregon, I was like, he's carrying Oregon. So now you get him a Keenan Allen. Now you get him a Williams, a Mike Williams. Now you get him a, a, a cook. Now you get him a running back. Now you give him a defense. He like, oh, I can have fun. (laughs) <laughs> it's time for me to have fun. Well, let's get this party started then. So that's what you got to like about those guys. So that's that's how I look at them. And I always look at quarterbacks, um, what school they went to, were they ever the man, was it them or were they in the system? Did they have a defense? Did they have a wide receivers, an offensive line, a running game? No, they didn't. But they wind up getting drafted high? Yes. Okay, it's a reason why. So then, then I just try to analyze from that standpoint. But coming from Alabama, it's hard for me to believe in Alabama quarterbacks. And that's just no knock. It's just they are already an NFL pre-made team.
0: Well, and to think that all of this started with Herbert because the team doctor punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung ahead of a game. And like 10 minutes before the game, it's like, hey, rookie you're playing you're in cuz Tyron Taylor can't go like to think that it all started this way a year sure. later it's just absolutely it's unbelievable i'm with you though i'm going to go with the browns in this matchup just given their running game and really my measure of will justin herbert really take that next step of the next level will be this think about how many opposing teams fans go to chargers games. Traditionally, it's almost like a home field advantage on the road. At what point does he start to get some chargers fans and say, you know what? I'm going to support Justin Herbert as a quarterback at home when they're playing in LA. That's going to kind of be my measure is, is this guy legit to where they develop a fan base, there, a chargers fan base while they're playing at home. But I'm, I'm going to go with the Browns just considering uh Ike, whenever you make any kind of analogy, and specifically car analogies, when you talk about Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, it's like I'm all ears whenever you do that. So uh, just given that they're able to run the football effectively, uh, I'm going to go with the Browns here. One more matchup I want to get to in Week 5, Ike. Bills at Chiefs. If the Chiefs can get back to above 500, then the Bills are 3-1. and And considering the one loss came from our beloved Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, I, to me, the big question is, this is just what can we expect from this chief's defense? We know what they can do offensively, but if this chief's defense continues to struggle, I think long-term it's going to hamstring this team moving forward. We know what the offense can do, especially if they're not turning on to the, turning the football over, they're hanging on to the football and protecting the football. But th- this defense is just a mess right now. Yeah,
1: I think I think it's a wrap for us, Super Bowl for the Chiefs. You know, I think the Chiefs will forever make the playoffs. I think coming out of the AFC now is just a wrap. I think now um, they say it take two years for defensive coordinators to understand your offense or to attack your defense, and that's exactly what everybody doing now with the Kansas City Chiefs defense. They just attacking their defense, and how are they attacking the defense? They just running the damn ball. They they getting two tight ends, or they're bringing an the extra offensive lineman in. And they're running the ball. They keeping Patrick Mahomes sitting on the sideline. Hopefully, he can throw it out and not get hot. That's just basically what they're banking on. And making Patrick, and they're making uh, I'm sorry. And and they're making Patrick Mahomes kind of think and dump throughout the whole time. So they put the top over the roof instead of having them big splash plays. You got to go 15 plays, Patrick Mahomes. We're not going to get that one deep play to your guys you like, between Travis Kelsey and Tariq Hills and Hartman and all those guys, we're just not going to let you keep putting us on ESPN. We're going to make you go and see. So it's going to be slow and boring. Now, if you want to go on this slow and boring route, it's cool with me, but you're going to have to take it. And that's what they're doing to Patrick Mahomes on the offensive side. So it's just going to take – and, you know, it's hard to hold Patrick Mahomes and company, you know, but at the same time, if that defense keep giving up, yards, what they're doing right now. They are they're, they forever will go to the playoffs because of Patrick Mahomes. They won't yeah. win Super Bowls with that kind of defense.
0: Yeah, I uh, I actually do like the Chiefs in Week 5 against the Bills because the Bills aren't uh, – Josh Allen, great player. They've got a nice receiving cord led by Stefan Diggs and everything, but the Bills aren't great at running the football. I, I, I like Correct. Singletary, but that's just not something that – plays to their strengths and that's something that where they've been better this season uh they're in the top half league this season but dating back to last year running the football wasn't this offensive strength that was josh allen and his incredible improvement in his accuracy throwing the football i do like the chiefs in week five but long term, big pic. Long term, big picture. I I'm with you in the sense that the big question I have has nothing to do with the Chiefs' offense. It's how effective can this defense be, and it's it's a mess right now. Who, yeah. I, who do you like I, in Week Five in this matchup, though, Ike?
1: Yeah, I got the Chiefs as well. I think the Chiefs. Okay. Would go. The Reason why I got the Chiefs is because I don't. I agree with you when it comes down to the running game for the uh, Buffalo Bills. They mm-hmm. really don't have a running game like that, you know. So, um. And that's that's going to play in the favor for the Chiefs. So I think it's going to be a shootout, but I think the Chiefs are going to come out with the W. All
0: right, Ike. We're going to go to Week Five: Broncos at Steelers. Broncos come into this game at three and one. Steelers are one and three. But you look at the opponents' records. The Steelers' opponents' records are twelve and four. The Broncos' opponents' records are five and eleven. Denver's three wins come against the Giants, the Jags, and the Jets. They lost in week four to the Ravens. But I think that I was shocked that the Steelers were favored. Pittsburgh is at home at Heinz Field. And when you have two pretty even teams, the home team is usually given about three points if you look at the spreads. I, I think you nailed it on the head, though, Ike. It really depends on whether Teddy Two Gloves plays on Sunday. For my prediction, if he does play, I've got the Broncos 20, Steelers 17. I've got the Broncos taking care of the Steelers on the road at Heinz Field. But what say you, Ike Taylor? What's your score prediction for Week 5?
1: Yeah, for me, it just depends on who's playing. If Teddy Tugelovs play, I got the Broncos. If Teddy Tugelovs don't play, I got the Pittsburgh Steelers. And when it comes down to who they've been playing, you know, Pittsburgh been be playing some good teams. The Broncos have be playing some, my, I don't know, kind of teams. But by the end of the day that's still building confidence on that team, regardless on who they're playing. So if you just look at Von Miller and company as well, we can talk about him when it comes down to defense to Von Miller as well. Von Miller that defense is getting back to the old kind of Broncos defense. And you like the lead of Justin Simmons sitting back there in that secondary, handling his business and making plays as well. So it's just right now, everybody's just rattling around Teddy two gloves. Uh, we will see what happens. With this uh, concussion protocol, hopefully he can shake up out that thing if he passing up tests the doctor's claim But at the same time, man, Pittsburgh has been playing good defense. Um, the offense do have to come around, and how you come around offense still is just run the down ball.
0: <laughs> I'm not even going to take you any through any stats, Ike, because you're talking my turkey here. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. Yes. Uh, a lot of injuries in this one too like, for both sides. Patrick Sertan, the second, uh, has a chest injury. Uh, another cornerback out for the Broncos, Ronald Darby, Jerry Judy, uh, KJA Hamler as well. So they're kind of beat up. But then the Steelers' injury report the big question I have is who's playing? It sounds like Chase Claypool is going to try to give it a go with that hamstring injury. I'd expect Juju to be back out there, rib injury. You know, Cam Sutton has a groin. Uh, one player in the injury report, Ike. I was surprised to see, and I guess he's going to try to play and suit up. Cam Hayward with a neck injury, and like his importance to the Steelers defense, like the whole house falls to the ground if he's not out out there on the field. He's been the one consistent for this Steelers defense this season, so I hope that's not a lingering issue for him as we move forward. Because to me. The defensive success that the Steelers had, really the, the team success, all starts with him up front.
1: If Cam is not playing, Pittsburgh ain't winning. That's just period. If Cam Hayward don't play, Pittsburgh will not win.
0: Yeah. and it, Quick stat before we sign off here, Ike. When he is on the field, the Steelers' run defense allows only three yards per carry, a 44.4%. Run rate success when he is off the field. The Steelers allow 8.1 yards per carry, a 76.5% run success rate. There you go. Man, I appreciate that back right there, but that's a hell of a stat right there. You tell me each week. It's like, I know TJ Watt gets a lot of love. I think he's played well when he's been healthy, given that contract extension, but you got to go even further interior on the line. It's a line of scrimmage game, Mike.
1: Yes, if, if Cam if Cam ain't playing, Pittsburgh ain't winning. Period. Period. The Cam is Cam, Cam is the MVP of that defense. We can talk about all the other guys, you know, but Cam Cam is the engine, you know. Cam is the engine. Some of them guys are the paint jobs. Some of them guys are the, the shiny wheels. Some of them guys are the interior leather guys, but some of the but but Cam Cam is that damn engine. He is the engine.
0: Our viewers and listeners, I don't know if this is a show about the Steelers or if it's a show about cars and vehicles. I love it. It's a
1: little bit everything.
0: (laughs) Ike, you're my guy. You're the absolute best. I want to give a shout-out to the Believe It Steelers podcast over at the Believe Podcast Network. The folks over there, also the help and support from Brinks TV led by John Brinkus, Courtney Vargas, our guy Herbert behind the scenes, today's sponsor, Bet Online. And to you, the viewers and listeners, we appreciate you tuning in to the Believe It Steelers podcast.
1: Go place a bet online for the Steelers and Broncos game. And if you're watching boxing, make sure you go to Bet Online and place a bet between Tyson Fury and company and Wilder.
0: Gotta give who, who, you got in that, who you got in that fight, Ike? I know you're a big Tyson, fight guy. Tyson Fury. My no guys hesitation. Guys, yeah, no
1: hesitation. Wilder. But Tyson Fury is a boxer. Uh, Wilder is a fighter. So they say in order to beat a fighter, you got to box him. In order to box a boxer, you have to fight him. That's, that's, that's just what it is. But I got Tyson Fury all day, no hesitation. Whatsoever. Got to give a major shout out to Bet Online. I'm sorry. A major shout out to breaks TV, Miss Courtney, and her crew. Huge shout out to Believe in Stillness podcast for asking and giving Mark and I an opportunity. Got to give another shout out to my dog, Mark. It's always a pleasure doing this good work, what you're doing the football season and year round. Got to give us a, a major shout out to the viewers and the listeners. Make sure y'all rate and review us that five piece spicy because every time we get on this goddamn tube, it's spicy. We like to toss spicy stuff on here. So just want to appreciate everybody
0: for tuning in, listening to us. Thank y'all. Peace. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to Believe in Steelers podcast. Enjoy the week five action. We will see you next week. Take care. and So long, everybody. Peace.